we rely heavily on the nourishment we receive from the natural world. And for various reasons, and I really feel like that relationship has been lost. And plants are part of our story. Plants are for every day. And there's a variety of ways to incorporate them. Welcome to the Virginia Foodie Podcast, where we lift the lid on the craft food industry and tell the stories behind the good food, good people, and good brands that you know and love. If you've ever come across a yummy food brand and wondered, how did they do that? How did they turn that recipe into a successful business? Then we've got some stories for you. Welcome back, foodies. I'm George Deering, owner of Water Street Marketing and founder of Virginia Foodie. Today, I'm talking with Corey McDonald, an herbalist and the owner of Red Root & Co., a business that sells handcrafted, plant-based tonics, beverages, and herbal preparations made from high-quality local, organic, and fair trade ingredients. If you've ever seen the Red Root & Co. Instagram account, you'll know that it's full of lush images of plants and foods made with their products, and it's full of helpful information about the plant world and herbal traditions. I worked with Corey in a coaching program, and I just loved her passion for her work, and I thought it would be great to have her on so she could share her story. So listen in to hear about her love of plants and how she brings people tasty, healthy nourishment. Hi, Corey. Thank you for joining me today. You and I have worked together for some time now, but for the benefit of our listeners, could you give us a general introduction of who you are and all the great products you're making? Well, thank you for having me here today, George. Yes, so I am Corey McDonald. I'm an herbalist, and I started Red Root and & Company, and we like to make culinary, beverage, and health and wellness products that are crafted in an herbal tradition. And we make preparations like tonics, bitters, syrups, shrubs, and oxymels. We started in 2016, so it's been about four years. We started with our oxymels, and we've been broadening our offerings since then. Well, the first question I ask everybody this year, we're recording in late 2020, and it's been a crazy year. It's been very strange for the food industry. So the very first question I've been starting with is, how's it going? I know that you did a lot of in-person sales at shows and things like that. How has this year been for you? How's it going? Well, yes. I mean, oh my goodness, 2020 has been a tough moment for makers of all kinds. We did do a lot of in-person. We did a lot of large shows and farmers markets. And initially everything was turned upside down. All the large shows were canceled and the farmers market was canceled also. Thankfully, the farmers markets are now running again. So that's been great mm -hmm. to um, get back in front of people. Pre-COVID, we had our online shop was set up. So I think that was really helpful for us to connect with customers in that way. It's definitely been a challenge. And I think it's kind of pushed on us a bit to use some of our like creative skills to figure out other ways to connect with customers, like expanding ways to reach people. Mm -hmm. And we definitely have been thinking more about the depth of our offerings in regards to products, sharing plant information, educational outreach. So 
in the midst of all of that challenge, it is giving us opportunities to explore and fill out other platforms and new ideas. Well, that's a positive outlook. You've kind of reframed 2020 from struggles and setbacks to challenges and opportunity, which is always kind of a positive thing to do, right? You've got new opportunities and things. Yes, absolutely. Well, you mentioned a word in the beginning that I'm going to ask you about. You said oxymels, and I know what that is because I have read up on it because of you. You introduced (laughs) me to them. (laughs) But it's kind of a funny word, and it's kind of old-fashioned. Can you explain what an oxymel is? Yeah, an oxymel, I kind of like think of it a bit as how foreign kombucha the word must have been when you know, it initially was on the market. So an oxymel is an old, it's comes from Latin and it literally means acid and honey. And it's an ancient concept of food as medicine. And I wanted to bring like a modern spin to that and figure out ways people could incorporate it in their lives. So it literally is vinegar. We use raw organic apple cider vinegar. We infuse it with different botanicals. We put a touch of raw Virginia honey. And the end product is then what we like to call kind of a herbal culinary tonic that is really delicious to use as a healthy condiment on a variety of foods, vegetables, legumes, salads. We just, we sprinkle it on everything and we've gotten a lot of good feedback from customers that, you know, they love like trying it on new things that they make. And then it also can be used in beverages. So some people will take it that way. So it has a lot of a wide range of application, I would say. Well, you said a healthy condiment. So you're an herbalist and you're making food products that are bottled and sold like for people's pantries, really. So tell me a little bit about your product philosophy and your herbal traditions. Like, tell me like the why of your, of your product line, how you make choices. Mm -hmm. Well, Kind of like I was saying a little bit about Oxymel and it's a food as medicine concept. You know, we think of that adage as like old and, you know, Hippocrates concept, you know, it's ascribed to him. But I really think that that idea may be used in different verbiage by many cultures through time has been like a way of, a way of eating, a way of a lifestyle and really a way to conceptualize like the deep connection between sustenance and health. Mm. So that is definitely infused in all of our products. So we talked about the oxymel. What else do you mm-hmm. have? You have bitters. What else do you have that you? We have bitters, shrubs. We have a variety of tonics, and mm-hmm. we have an elderberry syrup, for example. The tonics would be more specific to maybe a particular remedy or a body system or something. You know, for example, the elderberry syrup is a great immune support, full of antioxidants. So a lot of people would incorporate it to help with immunity. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of like bridging that gap. Like there's a concept out there sort of as food is fuel. And Mm. your products are kind of bridging, are they bridging that gap a little bit? Like giving people an opportunity to up their choices and then the next step is also introduce tonics or yeah explain I, it well i see all of them as a way definitely sustenance in that fuel idea that you mentioned but also 
a little bit more than just that in my mind. I really feel like humans have evolved alongside plants. We rely heavily on the nourishment we receive from the natural world. And for various reasons, you know, we have food deserts, modern convenience lifestyle, disruption of plant knowledge that's shared between people. And I really feel like that relationship has been lost. And plants are part of our story. Plants are for every day. And there's a variety of ways to incorporate them. I feel like herbal preparations and all of the forms that we're creating at Red Root and company are part of that. And this is like, it was historically relevant and it's relevant today. So with that in mind, I wanted to create a variety of products to meet people where they are. Mm. So in whatever way we can contribute a piece of bringing that plant goodness, which I like to call it, into their daily lifestyle, we want to do that. So someone you know, might be really attracted to like the Oxymel, which is the healthy herbal condiment to sprinkle on their roasted vegetables or the elderberry syrup that would be something they would take daily during cold and flu season. But I believe the more that people bring plants into their lives, and this is one piece of it, that we're kind of bridging those connections that were lost between the natural world. And like this really just reinvigorates the relationship. I like what you said about meeting people where they are. I mean, we're here living really modern lives in there are a lot of people who kind of are going off the grid and getting all the way back to their roots and shunning sort of modern life. But just through the content that you share and the things that you talk about, I can see that you're really trying to bring these more ancient traditions, I would say, into a modern way of living. I mean, you've got cocktail recipes on your, mm-hmm. on your yeah. site too. It <laughs> looks like you're encompassing the whole life of a modern family. Yeah, I think we all have our preferred indulgences too, you know, whatever, yeah, where we are. But it is <laughs> my, yeah, I agree. And I think I'm like, like when my son was younger and I was like, how can I get more vegetables in him? Oh, I'm going to make like muffins with carrots in it or something like that. <laughs> like, hey, like I can bring these cool like bitters and someone's going to put them in a cocktail. And it's just part, it becomes, it's part of, part of meeting people where they are, but it, they're getting that plant, that plant goodness because with the bitters, all of our products, but you know, taking the bitters as an example, I mean, we make our bitters from whole plants. A lot of bitters companies are using flavorings and extracts and we aren't. We're actually taking burdock root and we're making a maceration and we're pressing it. And so that burdock root is then in that cocktail and that's pretty awesome. Oh, that is awesome. So this leads me to where are you getting your ingredients? Where are you finding burdock root? We had a guest recently who was a chef at a Fine Creek Brewing and their master brewer there introduced the concept of foraging. And she talked about how they like leave and go out and just look for ingredients that are showing up seasonally. Mm -hmm. So where are you going? Are you doing any foraging or are there people out there who are farming burdock root? And I don't know about (laughs) all of the above, George. (laughs) Yes, it's all happening. Yeah, there are definitely some really great companies that are ecologically minded, growing, and, you know, there's a lot of different terminology, but, you know, biodiverse ways, organic, 
that are growing burdock root that is grown very well and has a lot of the qualities we want. So that would be one way we would get some ingredients. Another is from local farmers. For example, we get amazing ginger and turmeric from a farm called Nasani Farms, which is located in Virginia. But yeah, we also, I mean, wild harvesting, aka foraging, is like something an herbalist typically, like, well, herbalist like me anyway, loves to do. That's one of the highlights of my day if I get to do that. So yeah, their burdock root grows like a weed in Virginia. So (laughs) it's not really something that, you know, some plants you need to be really careful about what you're harvesting, but something like burdock root, not so much because, you know, there is plenty and it propagates really easily. So Mm -hmm. yeah. How do you protect that foraging resource? Like one, I mean, I'm Burdock group's probably not a great example if it's so plentiful. How do you protect that foraging environment? I mean, you're going to have to pick places where there's not, say, a lot of gas and fumes from the roads. You're going to be, have to be out in the wilderness, and then you're going to have to... How do you do that? How do you protect your foraging sources? That is a really important aspect of wild harvesting is to be thoughtful about where you're harvesting, what you're harvesting. Definitely, you know, along the roadside is a no-no, although often there are beautiful plants there, but you definitely don't want to harvest from there, and I certainly wouldn't. So I have, for example, friends who homestead that have land, and that's a great place to go wander around and find things. I also am really careful to only take a certain amount of what is there because we don't want to, you know, eliminate a population of plants that are growing because we Mm -hmm. harvested them all. And this is an old, this is like native concepts from, you know, all cultures around the world is you don't want to take more than you need ever. Mm -hmm. And you definitely want to leave at least half of what you found because there are other animals, there are other people. And we, again, want things to keep, we don't want to Mm -hmm. something to be extinct. So something like sumac is a plant that you know grows in Virginia really well and is something that I would wild harvest but I'm always very thoughtful about where it's coming from and how much I'm taking. Mm -hmm. Well that really speaks to kind of the very craft nature of the products that you're making. I mean it, it seems like there's a lot that goes in way before like the bottling of a product (laughs) and there's a lot of time and energy and care spent does that limit you on production runs or how big your business could grow I mean I think it definitely is something that would come from a plant that is more vulnerable or you know is not easily accessible for whatever reason that might be we definitely wouldn't we would, if we use that in a product, we would use it in a limited fashion, maybe a seasonal product. Mm -hmm. But when we've crafted some of our tonics, for example, I have, we're going to be releasing a new product this fall and it's a turmeric tonic. And one thing I intentionally thought about when I was designing that formula is where can I get these ingredients? Can I get them regionally Mm -hmm. to create a product that would be sustainable and also support businesses that are around here and then also you know be able to create the product that I wanted it to be so when I do craft things like that I am thinking about that because all of those pieces matter to me it matters to you know where I want the business to be and where I want it to be going Mm -hmm. 
Well, that's a turmeric tonic for fall. Are there other things that are going to be happening this fall for you? Other flavors? Yes, I am really excited, George, because we have redone our labels. There's some <laughs> new packaging. And we learned a lot in the last four years and we realized we needed an update and wanted to be able to share more information. And so we have some beautiful new labels. So those are going to be coming along with a couple of new products, which is one, the turmeric tonic that I just mentioned. And then we're also going to have a immune boost that is, we call it berries and shrooms. We really want to find a way to incorporate some mushrooms into our products. So we have a berries and shrooms immune tonic, and we also are creating a digestive tonic. So those are all on the horizon. How do you use a digestive tonic? Is that every day or how does a person take that? I'm just curious. So it would be used either before you eat or after a meal, and you would just take a little shot, like a quarter of an ounce or half an ounce with your meal, and it's going to help digest your food. So it's a product you offer that actually is going to help enhance any meal that a person's eating, right? Like help them maybe get more nutrition from the rest of the food they're eating. Exactly. Yes. The digestive tonic will help increase stomach acid and it'll, it'll help the cascade of the liver talking to the gallbladder and releasing bile. So it's just going to help if you have some digestive discomfort when you eat, this will help. Oh, that's kind of cool. That's to me is like an accessible way to connect sort of traditional care and modern living. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I have this question I've been asking everyone, and I want to know, like, what inspired you? You come from an herbal tradition, but what's the genesis of that? What brought you to this life and lifestyle and ultimately your product line? So as a kid, I was always creating restaurant menus and cooking food for my family. George, I even like, it's so funny, but I would make muffins. I laugh at myself and sell them to my neighborhood on like Saturday mornings. (laughs) Always, always had these like visions of making things and wanting to share them with people. So that was just from, I mean, I was really young. And I've always been enamored with our family garden and particularly like my grandparents' gardens. I was intrigued by plants. And so I, I thought about it for a long time doing something, but I never could really figure out what really resonated with me. And I came to herbalism in adulthood. And once I found herbalism, I realized like I felt like I was coming home and oh. that this is like what I had been waiting for. And became a student of herbalism, and I've done training and then practiced for a while. And I really wanted to share and make plant foods and medicines for and with other people. So it just was a natural progression for me to get to this place. Oh, you came home. I like that. I like that uh, sentiment. That's a good feeling. Well, where can people find you? Where can they find your products and where can they find you personally? Well, we have our website, which we sell products there. That's redrootcompany.com. We mm-hmm. also are on Instagram and Facebook. And it's at Redroot Co. There are some shops in Virginia that sell our products, Elwood Thompson's in Richmond, Friendly City Food Co-op in Harrisonburg, Rebecca's Natural Foods in Charlottesville. 
And there is a list on our website too of places mm-hmm. you can find us. And we also have a calendar on the website because we usually go to the south of the James and St. Stephen's Market in Richmond mm-hmm. once a month. So we have our dates listed on our website. And we're going to be doing, you know, this, we're still not sure quite how the fall is going to be shaking out with some different events. Most everything has been rescheduled for next year, but we might be doing some demos or kind of plant workshops coming up. Well, I appreciate that you came and talked to me today. I I promise not to take up any more of your time. So I'm going to let you go, get back to your mixing and making, and I look forward to seeing your new packaging and talking to you again. Thank you, George. It was great to be here. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. And if you want to learn more about how to grow your own food brand, then click on Grow My Brand at vafoodie.com. If you're a lover of local food, then be sure to follow us. We're at VA Foodie on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Join the conversation and tell us about your adventures with good food, good people, and good brands. Mm-hmm.